have you figured out your summer plans yet? Like your summer camps? Uh, no. I'm still trying to figure out 2.45 p.m. today. And I know some summer camps are already sold out. They're sold out. It's mid-January. I have done nothing. Nothing. I mean, who will I even be in July? That's what I do. I get into this fantasy world where I'm like, July, it will be so different. We'll be in the sun. There'll be no schedules. We'll take long walks and play with puppies and travel to see family. Totally forgetting about the travel hell I just survived and also how I'm still going to have to work and do things and make meals. You know, it's not just me and my kid and sacks of money and rolling meadows. I don't even know where a meadow is. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right rug flooring. It used to be chill. It's all up in smoke. I think I'm still fun. Panting's a joke. I was cool. Oh yeah. Now it's hard to be cool. Oh yeah. And hey listeners, hi. Welcome. It's Ophira Eisenberg. This is Parenting is a Joke, where I bring together stand-up comedians and talk to them about their life, their work, their career, and what it is like to have a kid or two thrown into the mix. I wonder, how the fuck are they doing it? And today, I'll be talking to Judy Gold about parent guardian forms and the pre-technology sperm bank experience. And I remember the doctor would... To defrost it, put it in a coffee cup with lukewarm water, <laughs> coffee mug. It's like, oh, sorry, that was yeah. my Earl Grey. Hang on. <laughs> Question. What is the swearing policy in your house? So my sister-in-law claims my niece's first words were, this is bullshit, <laughs> which is cute and hilarious. I can't believe that's true. It is pretty cute when little kids say bad words. You don't want to, you know, tell them that that's okay. And then there's a thing where they are thinking of a bad word, but it's not the one that you're thinking of. Like, there's a lot of talk of the H word in my house. 
And I don't know what that is. It's not hate that is said all the time. Is it hell? What's going on here? And then, oh, there's the D word. He was like, oh, the D word. I was like, what is the D word? Is that dick or dickwad or bag of dicks? Turns out he meant dumb. So, same thing. Ha <laughs> ha. Cheap shot, everybody. H word. H word? Hate. And S word. What is the S word? You can tell me. You're stupid. Not stupid. Oh, stupid, yeah. And F word. Oh, no, not the F. The fuck? You said it. <laughs> the F is the most dangerous word. But we do not curse at home. Like, purposefully, we do not. Yet still, when my son was five years old, we got a call at home that he had taught the kids how to spell fuck. Hard not to be proud of that. You know, that's a C and a K. It's kind of advanced for his level, truly. But I know how it happened. We were on a hike. Yeah, so idyllic. And we crossed this bridge where someone had graffitied on the ground of it, fuck Trump. And my son was learning how to read, and I was like, oh, no. So I stood on it, like, you know, to make it disappear. (laughs) And, of course, drawing all attention to me. And he was like, what are you standing on? What are you standing on? And I also had to move because I couldn't stand there forever. So I moved, and then he read it, and I said, hey, you are not allowed to say either of those words ever because I see them potentially as both problematic. Uh, And you know what he did? He went to school. Did he teach them how to say the second one? Nope. Taught them all how to say the first. And then in the spirit of trying to make him feel better, because he did feel bad, I told him of a story that I got in trouble in grade one for cursing. You know, in that like, hey, mommy messed up too in life and learned from it. In grade one, I turned to my friend beside me and I said, hey, do you want to hear a bad word? And she said, yes. And I said, ass. And then she shot her hand up in the air and told on me right then and there. I looked at her like, what are you doing? She said to the teacher, Ophira just said a bad word. And the teacher, Miss Odell, I'll never forget you, said, did you say a bad word, Ophira? And I said, yes. And she said, come to the front of the class. And I stood up and walked up the aisle. It was like a procession of doom. And I got to her desk, and she said, what bad word did you say? And I said, the A word? But then this kid, Jason, shot his hand up into the air. Jason was the smart aleck boy who always got in trouble. And she said, yes, Jason. And he said, perhaps she was referring to a donkey. And Miss Odell said to me, Ophira, were you referring to a donkey? And I said, yes. And she said, you may go sit back down. Jason saved my life, everybody. The poor kid got in trouble all the time, probably because he was super smart and he just needed enrichment, so he was acting out. But you know what they did back then? They punished you by making you stand in the corner of the room with your nose pointed to the corner. Basically, I don't know, being ostracized in some weird way. I have no idea how this was okay on any level, and clearly it solved zero problems. So wherever you are, Jason, I just want to say thank you. I told that story to my son, and as I'm thinking about it now, there's not a lot of good lessons in that entire story. But he said to me, what's the A word? (laughs) And I said, ass. And he goes, oh, but what does it mean other than a donkey? 
So I guess I just taught him the word ass. Cool. Number one fucking mom right over here, people. I'm excited for today's guest because I love her. We are also in studio, which is a treat. I know her from the stand-up world. You know her from so many television shows, including, I will say, that she won two daytime Emmys for her work as a writer and producer on The Rosie O'Donnell Show. That was something I kind of remember setting the stage for what is even possible for women to do in television. It is Judy Gold. Welcome. Ophira, thank you so much for having me. I adore you. I adore you, too. Your listeners are very lucky to have you. Hey, thanks. All right, Judy, so just tell me, you have two kids. What are their names and ages? Henry is 26. Ben is 21. Both people. They're human beings. <laughs> they're, they're, I have conversations with them. <laughs> right, they're adults. They can drive. Yeah. They can drink. They can right. do anything. They, I know. They can drink. It's crazy when they can drink. 21 um, and 26. And you know what, Ophira? It, it is such a journey. And that old adage of it goes by so fast, it goes by so fast. Like, and you don't think it while you're in it. Like when they're young, you know, the first year and the second year and the third year, you're, you know, you, milestone, 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 no sleep, no sleep. This, when is this going to end? When is this going to be over? I can't take it anymore. Um, and then it gets faster and faster. So the one thing I've noticed when I talk to new parents and then I talk to parents with older kids is that parenting advice is totally different. So we're going to play a little game with you. We played the first round with Katherine Reitman from Working Moms, but wow. we loved it so much. Uh-huh. We found new questions. So this is round two of vintage parenting advice. Okay, I can't wait. I am going to share with you a piece of parenting advice, and you are going to decide if that is possible, that that was real advice in the past, or if we're just joking around and made it up. Okay. I love games. Okay. Good. So here we go. How about this? A good mother will bathe her newborn in lard. In lard? Lard. Lard. Uh, animal fat. Yeah, I know what it is. I'm going to say that it is so outrageous that it's true. Yeah. Okay. So it was uh, originated in the late 19th century, continued through the 30s. So the idea of, uh, was that the lard would remove that waxy sort of um, covering that a newborn And has. put a new waxy covering on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was very much like, oh, got to get yeah. that weird stuff called the vernix, by the way. Really? On a chip. All right. If you are too loving towards your child, you will raise a socialist. What? <laughs> are you kidding? I don't know, am I? Now, here's the deal. My parents were born in 1916 and 1922. And my mother was very tough it out. Sorry, you're not quitting, and I know you want to come home, but too bad. Yep. I don't think it had anything to do with politics. Um, <laughs> I can see someone saying that. Yes, I can. Yes, I'm going to say that is true. Is it not true? So there's a 1962 quite famous That's book. That's my year of my birth. 1962. Yes. Called Bringing Up Babies. I guess a very famous book. Uh, it was a response to the Cold War. Okay. And yeah. the fear of communism. And basically the theory was that coddled children will become too dependent on their community. 
to survive independently and be self-sufficient. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. What the fuck? <laughs> this is why, you know, okay. I, re- I read parenting books, too, and you really... Oh, my God. You really have to wonder what we'll be saying in 2055. They'll be reviving that now. I know. Like the be- Marjorie Taylor... <laughs> right. And, yeah. The front cover is like a yeah. Christmas card of everyone holding a gun, gun. in the family. <laughs> All right, this one I love. Insert a small piece of soap into your baby's butthole for three to five minutes a day to help potty train them. (laughs) A piece of soap? Mm -hmm. A little tiny piece of soap. I mean, why not like a piece of carrot or something? Um, (laughs) Like one of those little mini... All right. um, I can see that... Oh, God, it's got to be not true because I already said true, but I'm going to say true. Yeah, true. Oh also my God, true. I'm winning. Yeah, so yeah. this is a uh, real advice from a 1932 book called The Care and Feeding of Infants. And the idea was like, yeah, you get them used to doing this. Having oh my some goodness. piece of shit in their ass. But Come, it wasn't yeah. the sanitary aspect of like, is it okay to put a but, perfume right. piece of soap up right, the butt? Right, It was actually fell out of fashion because of Freud. Really? Because of Freudian theory that the whole like penetrating the butthole would ruin the deep sensual pleasure babies get from pooping on their own and you don't want to do that early to confuse them. I can't, I can't take it. I can't I can't tell you how much I enjoy pooping. <laughs> okay, pregnant people shouldn't eat ice cream because it will give your unborn baby a cold. Are you kidding? <laughs> Maybe I made it up. I don't know. I feel like all of these are real. Um I'm going to say real. You are correct once again. Oh, my God. Woo! Yeah, it was thought that the eating of ice cream would cause a pregnant woman's body temperature to drop too low, which would make the babies cold, and then they would catch a cold. So women should not be allowed any pleasure at all in life. And who did? A man. A man did this, right? Yes, they've always had it out for women. Anyway, they can screw you. All right, here's the last one. Playing talk radio for your child will make them smart but depressed. Really? (laughs) My mother listened to talk radio, and I suffer from depression. (laughs) What talk radio would she listen to? The news. The news. You know, yeah, yeah, always the news. Me too. Always growing up. And it was like, coming up. I think it's true. All right, this one's a lie. It's basically, I'm going to give it to you because it's half. So they do say that talk radio is proven to help kids with concentration. Really? Well, that didn't work for me. Me neither. Okay. Uh, But no (laughs) no evidence that it actually makes them sad unless they're... I mean, unless they're listening to the news today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In which case... Depends on the year. Yeah. And, of course, Judy Gold got 100% in our game. Am I the only one who's gotten 100%? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Of course you are. (laughs) Yay. I'm a baby. In a game that has uh, no stakes. (laughs) This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. 
Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I'm back with the wonderful Judy Gold. In case no one knows. Because I try to hide it. I'm a lesbian uh, who came out in 1996 and ruined my career. But anyway, uh, so Henry, my ex had Henry. I adopted him. And then uh, I had been five years later. She didn't adopt him until um, we had broken up. So he was about three or four or five, five when, when the adoption went through. And it was a precedent-setting case in the state of New York. Because at the time it was... Because we there's no legal marriage. Right. And so when I adopted Henry, you know, I had the paperwork in. Before he was born, all I needed was the birth certificate. And then it took uh, almost a year, like a, 10, 11 months, 11 or 12 months, actually, for me to, for us to go to court and them to approve the adoption. When I had been, my ex, Sharon, she didn't... You know, we were together. We were in this, you know, kids and the yeah. And she just didn't do the paperwork. And then when we broke up, um, not my doing, but um, <laughs> I'm so much happier. Uh, blessing in disguise. But when we broke up, he was two and a half. Henry was seven and a half, and she had not done any of the paperwork. And it was so complicated because we weren't legally married. She's not, and in any way, genetically. Linked. Uh, linked to Ben, and we didn't live together. So the first time that happened was with Woody Allen and Mia Farrow. And then this was the first, you know, LGB. Yeah. Um, there was no T yet. Uh, couple <laughs> who had, years from tea. you know, we went to court and and I was already with Elisa, my, my partner now, fiance for 16 years, please. <laughs> uh, and so we, we went to court Henry was 10 oh, yeah. and Ben was five. And the, the judge, you're in the judge's chambers, and she says, do you two, do you understand what's happening here? And Henry's like, he's very emotionally mature. And he said, yes. And he looked at Ben, uh, you know, sitting next to him on the couch. 
and hugged him and said, now we're full brothers. Oh my gosh. And I, and it was, you know, it was so Did emotional. Did I I'm like, uh, going to yeah, tear up Yeah, no, it was it. so, because you have to realize Sharon initiated the breakup and my family was like, no, that's your, and I did, I hate that. People still say that to me. People say, oh, well, he's yours and that other one. And I'm just like, shut. Can I curse on this? Of course. The fuck up. I didn't want Henry to be going back and forth and Ben to be in one place. I, we had them together and I wanted them to be bonded and to be brothers. And that was the most important thing that they, you know, had this bond and relationship and they were meant to be brothers. And so we did it. Um, and at Ben's bar mitzvah, <laughs> um, Sharon got up in front of everyone and said, I didn't know if he would, you know, be my child. And I want to say thank you. Oh and it was goodness. the, and she was like in tears and, and it was, you know, I see so much nature versus nurture. Well, I was going to say that, I mean, it's, I look at my own son and, and one part of it, I just go, you are completely your own person. Like I right. have so little to do with this. And then there's other parts where I'm like, oh, he, he's sensitive because I'm sensitive. Right. And he's got a good music ear because my husband, you know, and we're making, we're just creating stories. Right, right, right. But, but it, then, gets, it gets more involved as, as they get older. You see more of yourself in them. And so with Sharon, do you look at Henry and go, I Oh, totally. my God, yes. <laughs> oh, and sometimes it was so weird after we broke up and there were, you know, contentious times and, and acrimonious feelings. And I would then have a fight with Henry and I have to remind myself, he's not Sharon. He's not Sharon. He's Henry, you know, but it, it's the exact same fight. Um, or the way or the, the method of fighting is the exact same. And you're like, oh, so it's totally nature. But it's also, <laughs> right. But then I see Henry. I mean, you know Henry. Yeah. I see the nurture. I see the effect I had on him. And I'm really close with him. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I mean, hope Sharon doesn't hear this, but I think I'm closer to him than she is. Uh, <laughs> no, in that, because we're, Similar. Yeah. He tortured me <laughs> growing up. Why can't you have a normal job like everyone else? Really? Why can't oh my God. Why can't you be normal? And and he like he hated it. Even though I did take the every one of them, their classes up until sixth grade on a field trip to a comedy club. No. Yes. And I told them everything about what it's like to be a comedian, where they take the tickets, how we know when to get off stage, what the MC and opening. Like I went and, and then I let them all get on stage and tell a joke. It was like their favorite field trip. I should do that. What was he envisioning? Who was he around? Because you're in New York. So everyone in New York already is not living in a suburban house with right. a backyard and neighbors that they just run to. So we're already in a city living. And then you, you I imagine you have neighbors in your building that you're oh, interacting with. Yes. Uh, village. My building has been written up because it really is like a kibbutz. And everyone, <laughs> I mean, I'd run to go do a set at Stand Up New York because it was the closest one to my house. Yeah. And, you know, one of the neighbor's kids would come in and, and sit with the kids. Or oh, put, we've, it, uh, we've walked down that road a yeah. few times in my life where yeah. things have messed up according to plans. It's, but it's, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, you're a completely different person after you have children because it's not all about you. And, it's, and comics, 
and people in the theater. It's always all about them. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I have been worried. And I will admit that in the very beginning, I would lie to the bookers if I had to cancel for whatever reason that was pertinent to my child. And I would say, I got a corporate gig. That's what I would say. I got, right. Sorry, I got a really high-paying corporate gig. Right. Because I was so afraid if I said, my kid is sick, da, 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 that they would just be like, oh, you have a kid. I'm not going to book you anymore. And do you think any of the male comics no. ever felt like that? No. 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 They call up all the time, my kid's having tonsil surgery, and, and they're all like, oh, he's such a good father. Yeah. Oh, his kid's having, you know, no. Too bad. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, no, I never, I never did that. I did bring them to gigs some, a lot. You know, Henry went to a lot of gigs with me before Ben was born. Um, and you know, when they were like, you know, Ben was twelve, I'm like, just come with me down to the club, and you know, and it was fine. When did you start talking about them on stage, or just actually your experience as a parent immediately? Immediate. Well, so that's a great question because when I was not out on stage, um. I was a mainstream comic and I'm, this is, I'm working on this, my show, my show's coming out and this is a pivotal moment in my life and my career because, you know, Eddie, Eddie Sarfati, who's, you know, my co-writer, we were talking about coming out and you live your life as someone else. You've created this character um, that everyone thinks they know. And then you come out and it's like, wait, what? Once I had kids, like I had, first of all, there's no better material. No better material. I mean, I, my mother grade. was a gold mine, um, pun intended. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you have children and it is a universal, no matter how you had them, family is universal. And I had these great jokes and I was like, you're not stopping me you know, from doing this material. I'm not hiding who I am. And what kind of message is that right, for to my kids. kids to say, listen, we don't, um, we don't talk about this. And, you know, I wanted them to be as proud as I was. Well, they were proud, you know, like Henry was so proud of his family. And I think a lot of people don't realize this, that, you know, when you're in a different fam kind of family, your kids have to come out Every all the time day because it's constant. We, you know, Ben and I would get in a cab. He's six foot eight now, but he was always gigantic. <laughs> like, oh, he's so tall. His father tall, and I could make something up, and so I don't have to talk about it. But then I have my son there. And he doesn't yeah. have a father. Um, he has two mothers, and I wanted to ingrain that that's what you say, and you are normal, and this is, and I wrote an article for Huffington Post uh, because when he was getting... Did you ever read it? I read it, and it is so um, powerful. And you're dealing with a child who has to go through a bit of surgery, right. which is frightening as it is. Right. But then I can't imagine approaching the form and looking at the what they're asking for and going, this is not applicable to my family, to who I am. Well, it started actually in kindergarten with the family trees and the Mother's Day and all of these things, Henry's like, well, what, what do I write? You know, and I called Christine Quinn, who is a, an amazing person. And I said, I knew her. I said, these forms have to be changed to parent, guardian, parent, guardian. I said, this is ridiculous. And, and it wasn't just about gay parents. It was about kids who lost their parents in 9-11. 
kids whose parents were incarcerated, kids whose parents, you know, left, kids with, you know, who were living with their grandparents. Like, yes. this is not okay. And she she changed the for- the public school forms. And then I get to this point where I guess Ben's about 11 or something. He's getting his tonsils scraped. They don't take them out. It's great. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And so they can grow back and you can have another surgery. But <laughs> we're, you know, we're at the doctor's office and they're on Sharon's insurance because I'm a comedian. Right. And the healthcare is amazing yeah. at Gotham Comedy Club. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the disability and, and the life insurance. Um, so uh, we're at the doctor and, and, you know, I am with the Sharpie cross. Mother, mother or parent, parent. I usually write parent, parent. I get to the desk, the front desk, as we're checking out. The woman is like flustered and she's she gets on the phone. She's like, I like I don't even know what she's saying. She's like, and then she hangs up and she looks up and says, so which one is the real mother? Perfect choice of words. And I said, oh, my God, number one. Uh, if you're asking who his bio mom is, that's me. And number two, don't ever ask a gay parent that question ever again. And I said it firm but kind, but I wanted him to see that. Yeah. That he can speak up for himself. And then the story goes on and on to, you know, we get to the hospital and they won't let Sharon in. And I see a straight couple going in, both of them going in to pre-op, you know, to be with them when they go under. And I said, well, why are they going at? Well, they're married. I'm like, they're, no, they're, we're both, those are his parents. It, 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 it went on to the point he was home and I ran out to get him ice cream at the bodega across the street and he picks up the phone and he says, mommy, I don't know what to do. They just called oh to God. see how I was feeling. And they said, is your mom or dad home? And I, that was it. And I wrote this article. It was used as a learning tool. And the pr- president of Columbia Presbyterian actually wrote to me and and, and called me. You, wait, wait, saying when he wrote to you, what did he apologized? Okay. He said we're going to use this as a learning tool. Thank you. That's the whole cancel culture thing to me. Is like, you know, I spoke out and they agreed, and we're they're going to change, and then I can't fault them for that now because right. that's what you want. You want people to evolve. That's right. And listen, right? So exactly. All these experiences translated for my kids to the playground. You know, Ben plays basketball. He's been playing competitive basketball since, you know, he's in junior high school. And, you know, the constant, you know, you're a faggot, you're gay, you're no on the court. I remember two stories where one, Henry was playing baseball and he's the catcher. And the guy was like, you faggot, whatever. And Henry put his glove down and said, don't you ever call me that again. My parents are gay. And like, this is like uh, in Central Park, you know, one of those fields. And the coach of the other team came over, apologized, and came out to his team. What? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then Ben, I remember once, fifth grade, I don't know, playing basketball and one Kids like the whole time. Ben beats him, of course. Yeah, and after, course. and he's like, you fuck, you fuck, you fuck. and Ben says to him at the end of the, why do you hate gay people? And he's like, I don't hate gay people. He said, when when you talk like that, it sounds like you hate gay people. They have learned to deal with it. I mean, of course, Henry's always like, I'm gonna punch that guy, you know. 
but, totally aggressive. Right. But he wasn't like, we're going to go have a mediation. Right, and talk right, it right, through. right. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting how you behave in public and how much it affects your children and how they behave in public. And how they just sponge it up. Right. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you were talking about Henry, who, uh, so he was born in 1996. 1996. So technology was very different then. Right, none. Yeah. None? Well, I had a beeper. (laughs) I was working at the Rosie O'Donnell show with my beeper like I was a doctor. (laughs) But yeah, I had a beeper in case something happened to him or anything. But yeah, there was nothing. I, I got a beeper when she was like eight months pregnant. And as a, a gay woman that is going into a, a sperm bank in Hollywood, I suppose. Well, we found out there weren't that many. And the California Cryobank was the sperm bank and it was regulated. And so we got the forms sent to us, like huge package. We asked for the Jewish catalog. Because we're Jewish. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'd like to. Shlomo. I'd like them Moshe. to have. Right. I want them to have as much mental illness as I have. Like, it's not fair for you to get another whole other thing in there to regulate. Okay. So this is before you could find out who it was. You know, there were no open donor. I don't know. Yeah. It's, and so. Or they can find out when they're 18 or it's like. Right. Right. Different. We picked one. It took Sharon like 19 tries to get pregnant. But. I remember they had how good looking they were, like a one to seven or no. something. Or I, I re, yeah, there was something about you know their subjective hand. attractiveness. And I so I called up and I said, "How do you pick that?" And they're like, "Oh, we all just you know." And I'm like, "Oh my god, really?" <laughs> 
We all sit around with a bottle of wine. It's like we do a little. So, um, (laughs) so we had done this all through the mail, and then you pick your sperm, you buy it, they store it, and then they FedEx it because it, you know, depending on when the doctor says you're ready, um, and they send it. And I remember the doctor would to defrost it, put it in a coffee cup with lukewarm water, (laughs) coffee mug. Like, oh, sorry, that was my Earl Grey. Hang on. (laughs) And then we named him Earl. Hey, now. Hey, now. Come on, people. Ba-doom, boom. So by the time it was Ben's turn, you could get a baby picture of the donor. Yeah. You could bring a picture of your partner and they could match their baby picture with the partner's oh baby. It was beyond ridiculous. Did you use the same? Sp- no, there was oh. none left. We contacted oh. that one and he said, nope. And so <laughs> my kids are not genetically linked at all, but they are brothers through and through. Yeah. Sometimes I look at my family that I'm very genetically linked through and we look at each other like, how is this possible? Right. I do that too. <laughs> um but it's so funny because I'm with Henry all the time and they're like, God, you look alike. And we're like, really? That's fascinating. So funny. Yeah. So when you decided to talk about your kids on stage in your act and therefore also had to come out as a gay person and a gay parent. 96. It, yeah. Now, oh, you did it right in the beginning. You were like, Well, I, ha- is- I was like, there were so many great jokes, yeah. you know, before I didn't talk about it because I didn't. You know, was it because I didn't want to be pigeonholed? Which I didn't, but I didn't really have, I was in a relationship. It was a different time. It was the 80s. Oh, yeah. Um, And there were out comedians who were fantastic, but I I didn't have any material. And I wasn't, I don't know, when I became a gay parent, I was like, no, I I need to tell the world about this. You could hear the shift in the audience in the beginning who had seen my HBO special or they had seen me on something or all America. I was on all American girl. I was right. on all these shows. I would go to these clubs and I would talk about my family and they were like, oh, wait, what? You know? And of course, agents and managers shut up. They said, you know, don't talk about that. But more often they said, don't be so Jewish. That was, Ugh. if you look at my headshots from back then, I have straight hair. Uh, they're like straighten your hair. I was like, Oh my God. But yeah, you could hear a shift. And then, they would forget about it because it was the same shit they were going through as parents, but with a twist um, because people make assumptions, you know, and the joy was people coming up to me after the show, thanking me. And the biggest joy now is kids and young comics saying, I, I saw you and you, I was like, who's this big, loud lesbian Talking about her family, I was like, oh, my God. You know, like, you change people's lives. You definitely, you, you change the dialogue of what is just, right. you normalize it. Right. In a way that everyone's like, I've been waiting for this my entire life. Right, because representation is everything. Yeah. Everything. And I will say there's, like, it's sort of interesting, too, because now, especially stand-up in New York, as we both experience right. it, if someone isn't talking about how they have a, a non-mainstream life, you're just sort of like, well, what's, well, why what's are your you, angle? Why are you <laughs> It's true. And I have to say, people are always like, how do you bring up your kids in New York? The, it. My mother grew up in New York. And the whole time we were living in New Jersey, was like, oh, God, it would have been so much easier to bring you up in New York. <laughs> and it, it. first of all, we don't have to get in cars and drive them to play dates oh and then sit there with the parent where you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill myself. 
you know, there's parks. There's I live by Riverside Park and Central Park. Okay, there's clubs. You're weird. There's someone weirder than you that's <laughs> living two doors down. You know, I got bullied so much as a kid, and I remember I would say to my kids, if there is anyone being bullied in school who's tall or overweight or gay, and, blah, and every day I'd be like, you go stick up for them, and blah, blah. and they'd be like, mommy, no one does that here. Okay, you grew up in New Jersey. We don't do that. No one cares. <laughs> There is something you said that has stuck in my brain. You know, a lot of comics we know who are parents tour like crazy. And I'm always like, how do you do that? I can't, I just can't do that right now. Right. I, I just can't go on the road for a month. Right. You said something akin to like, I chose to be around. Right. I didn't want to miss yeah. out. But I mean, there were some times I was away for like, Two or three weeks, but then I would have Sharon come with the kids, you know, or with and meet the, you, right? If mm. and especially if it was like a good gig, you know. I remember going to Florida, and I and I was like, "Oh, let's bring the kids, and we'll go to Disney World." And I'm thinking, "What the fuck am I doing? I'm doing two shows <sighs> on a Friday. I, I get home at one o'clock in the morning, and then I got to get up at seven to go fucking walk around Disney World." But it's like, I'll do it. I'll do it so I can be with my kids. I did the first spot at Stand Up New York, A25 or something, whatever. And then I, I was like, I got my set in. I'm still in shape. You don't get the time back. You don't get it back. It goes by so fast. And you're like, wow, I'm free now. We didn't have FaceTime. No. And we didn't have computers. When I would go away, Henry would go to daycare and they'd be in morning meeting. And it's like, you know, what's new with him? And he would be like, my mom's away. And so we made this book. It's in a notebook. And my friend illustrated it. It's called When Mommy Goes Away. It sounds like Mommy's Dead. but <laughs> So it's the worst title. But I went through, like, at the time, I was doing Hollywood Squares a lot. And so, oh, I, yes. and so I, we did this whole When Mommy Goes Away, first she packs, you know. And then I did everything from getting on the plane and all... She's thinking about Henry and blah, blah, blah. And it went. I went through everything I did. And then I finally come home. But it's always like, Mommy can't wait to tell Henry blank. And Mommy's, th you know, and he would, every time I went away, he would bring the book and they would read the book. Oh, oh my goodness. Judy Gold, thank you so much. Uh, you can catch Judy on tour because guess what? Her kids are grown. January 26th to the 28th at the Comedy Loft of D.C. That's in Washington, D.C. You can see her on February 4th at the Avenel Performing Arts Center in New Jersey. And then go see her one-woman show called Yes, I Can Say That, March 4th through April 19th at 59 East 59th Theaters in New York City. She's at Judy Gold, but it's like Jew. Yeah, J-E-W-D-Y Gold. And I get a lot of shit for that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Ophira. <laughs> That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. And hey, welcome to all of our new listeners. Please go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and review. Just do it because I said so. Okay? Now. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Parenting is a Joke. Twitter at Parenting Joke. And hey... We have a monthly newsletter. Yeah, we're getting it together, people. DM us. Go to our website, parentingisajokepod.com, to sign up and get more details. Hey, you can also come see me live. You want to do that? Great. In addition to stand-up, 
I am also doing a solo show, everybody, off-Broadway run at the Soho Playhouse three weekends in February. It's called Leaving a Mark, a comedy about scars. Because guess what? I'm covered in scars. Real ones, people, head to toe, all from different points in my life. Uh, So this is about identity, flesh, sex. There's a little bit of acceptance. Just a tad. Don't be scared. It's an evening out of storytelling, theater, comedy. I'll buy you a drink. Seriously, if you're saying I came to this because I heard you, I will buy you a drink. Get a discount ticket, listeners of this podcast. Use the code SCARTALK. One word. All the info is at OphiraEisenberg.com or at SohoPlayhouse.com. Follow me on the socials at Ophira E. Our episode is produced by me and Julie Smith-Clem. Our editor is Nina Porzuki. Our sound designer is Tina Toby Mack. Our game writer is Emily Winter. Our theme song is by Adira Amram and The Experience. Special thanks to all of the engineers at CityVox. And we'll leave you with a little something from Judy's son, Henry. So your mom made you this book. Do you remember this book that your mom made you? Yeah, Gary Corden, who is a huge, huge production designer, did Key and Peele, Crank Yankers. I'm missing a bunch off the top of my head, but he's like the art director for Comedy Central, designs all the sets, everything. He's good friends with my mom, and he came over and illustrated a whole book that basically describes what my mom does when she's headlining on the road. And do you still have it? I do. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I, I mean, the, uh, the illustrations are straight from Gary, so they're... Emmy, they're Emmy-level illustrations. Your mom claimed to me that you tell people that Judy Gold is your mom to help you get laid. Is that true? Um, I think, like, maybe, like, six years ago. Not anymore. 